Hi guys, welcome to episode 22 from Two on the Tackle, where Kaz and I catch up, we go over the two matches in focus from last week, the Storm beating the Roosters in a Golden Point thriller, and the Knights' controversial win over the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Talk about those two matches. This week's matches in focus as well is the Raiders in the Storm and the Knights versus the Eels, so we talk about those two teams. I also... Have an apology for Jason Clark a little bit later on in the show. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy the show. Roll the intro. Kazzy, 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 how are you, buddy? Yeah, good, brother. Good. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, pretty good considering we won. We lost this weekend and South Sydney won. Bloody bastards. Yeah, that's true. That's true, that's true. It's not often you can sort of come out of a, a weekend in a situation like that you, um, with your head still held high. Yeah. But it was just such a spectacular game, wasn't it? It was. It was. Thursday it was night. It, it's, it, feels like a, it feels like a month ago, really, but it was only last week. Yeah, it was uh, It was an emotional roller coaster, wasn't it? I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I think I, I went through maybe the five... Five days um, of grief, of grief, grief. Yeah, like it was, it was kind of like that. I went on a journey, you know, from you know throughout that last twenty minutes of the game. You know, there it was, uh, it was emotional. It was because it was like, sort of like, yep, there we go, we did it again. Um, as we sort of got ten points ahead, when all right, you know, we feel comfortable in these sort of positions. Like it's always the storm, but like. You know, we've seen this. We've seen this script before. And then, bang! Like, just what a craziness! Not just to come back, like short kickoffs, yeah, mistakes, errors, free flowing, back forwards. Yeah. And then, well, it was one of those games. Obviously, that was, it was such a good game, even with the amount of errors that were in the game, because, in my belief. Although there were errors that were unforced, i.e. Joe Manu not being able to play the ball properly, um, even uh, Boy Corner towards the end. Yeah. But that was an unforced error, but it was still forced because he was knocked out. Yeah. So a lot of the errors was not due to poor attack or poor discipline. It was due to the ferocity the ferocity. There was, yeah, there was a there was a real ferocity from from the defence of Melbourne Storm. You know they really came at you, and this is how they've been. Um, you know the benchmark for so long. That's what they've always brought. Where they would just destroy teams. You know, really break them down and just. Yeah, know, but that, I've never just, known them yeah. to be be a team that are going to beat up on another forward pack. You, they they're very their forward pack usually win and get the upper hand over opposing forward packs but it's like an 80 minute endurance where they just yeah, beat bro, you clinical they beat you in every area you know they do the one percenters whereas against but, the roosters they were foot on the throttle 100 miles an hour looking to try and bash the shit out of the roosters and the roosters they fucking they were up for it they were keen for it you know they yeah. were getting bashed but they were still coming the roosters are trying to fucking smash them it's tall it was that, and then it just made for just a spectacular game. Because he had, well, yeah, yeah. Go. I've, I've said my piece. I'll, I'll continue to say my piece, but I want to hear what you have to say. 
Well, yeah, I was going to say it's, there really has been a, a, a rivalry that's really developed here. There's been a lot of football played between these two sides in the last, you know, three, four years. Yeah. Um, and obviously over the last 10 years, these have both been the sides that have been playing in grand finals and preliminary finals consistently. Yeah, wasn't, it, and, wasn't there a period there where um, up until, well, even this year, that every grand final or 18 out of the 20 grand finals had been those two teams? In the NRL era? Yeah. You mean? Yeah, well, what, the Storm have played in nine grand finals and the Roosters have played in... Well, let's do it. Uh, what, four, five, and then eight. The Roosters have played in eight. Let's do it. Let's do it. 1998. Broncos yeah, in the Bulldogs. Broncos, 2005. Broncos, Tigers in the Cowboys. 2011 yep. uh, was Manly and the Warriors. And the Warriors. Yep. And 2014, Bulldogs and um, South and 15. Yep. Broncos and the 15, Cowboys. Broncos but other than Cowboys. that, yep. it's had a rooster or a Melbourne in the grand final. Or 2001. Sorry. 2001. Can't forget Nine, the game. Matter. Yeah, so six years. So six games. Only six times in 20, 22 years. Outrageous. And, and it, it culminated. I felt as though, you know, the semi-final against Melbourne last year was the, the match that decided who was the team of the decade. And I and I got a feeling that that was going to be the end of it. But yeah, last Thursday night showed that's probably just the start. Well, what Melbourne Storm showed, what something that I that Trent Robinson said uh, early, early since the break, maybe the second game back, where someone asked a little bit about you know the big scores, and he said, yeah, well look, you know, with this faster paced game, you're going to see a larger difference between the the teams can be who can be more resilient throughout the whole game and those that sort of can't, and you know, like it's those teams. You know, there's a reason why they're always towards the top of the table. And what Melbourne Storm will always show you is resilience. Resilience. You know, the Roosters made errors, um, and but the Melbourne Storm made them capitalise on those errors. Yeah. You know, um, they were always going to keep coming, completing hard, hitting you in defence, and fight. With a minute to go, like, how many people are thinking, like, all right, yes, we kicked the field goal with a minute to go. The Roosters are going to take home a great, great win. And with often a valiant Storm effort. Nah. And then Pappenhausen, like, that's just what in the Melbourne Storm DNA, and that's what sets them as the benchmark. And the Roosters have kind of been able to come and meet them at that point and sort of have a bit of a more success of recent years now. Yeah, well, we, we've probably got a better game than the Melbourne Storm. And I think that showed how when we got out to a 10-point lead and we sort of sat back and just, as fans, I'm not saying the players, and he sort of sat back and went, okay, yeah, that, that just shows our class, you know. We're playing, we, we've done it without Radley. But what Melbourne Storm have built their dynasty on is granted they've had three of the greatest players to ever play our game. But what they built their dynasty on was the fact that if you do not play 80 minutes, you will not beat them. It's as simple as that. And that's when, I don't want to bag the Roosters because I'm not bagging them. But to be up by 10, with 10 to go, you've, and then to lose it, you've probably clocked off. 
or you've made that one error, that one error too many. You know what I mean? Because we yeah, didn't well, play that, our B that, game. That wasn't our B game. That was our no, A no, game. We, we played our best game. We didn't play, uh, sorry, we, we didn't did, play our we, best, we, we, but we played, we played the style of footy that wins us a lot of games. Correct, correct. And look, we just had that class and talent across the board where we can sort of, we've shown this ability to be able to, when we need points, we'll score them or we yeah. can get to the point of the game. But there's so much experience out there with guys like Kiri and Stefko and Cordner and Hargraves and Friend who, you know, they've been in so many matches and have had a lot of success in them. And I guess, look, I mean, it was a crazy sequence of events. Like, yeah. they're, they're one too many errors, I guess, we made from the guy who you never, ever drops the ball, Daniel Tufo, like, you know, fumbles it off one kick off the storm, capitalise on an error, um, and capitalise off another error from his, you know, attempt at the end goal. So... Yeah, like you said, one too many broke the, the camel's back and they just happened at the wrong time. So, um, credit to the Storm. Yeah. Credit to Rugby League. Rugby League, I hope all those all the fans... What, what about that Paul Mimorowski? Watch that game of Rugby League. What about that Paul Mimorowski? He He's a try scorer. He's not, he's not the... He's not the Latrell Mitchell. He's not the... You know, fucking the Greg Inglis by no means. Or a James Roberts. You wouldn't call him a game-breaker. But he's one of those players that I've seen him play, from my perspective, I've seen him play maybe five or six games. Two for the Roosters, two for Melbourne, and I saw him play a couple of games for the Tigers. And he, he, he plays a style where he's reliable in defence, he's reliable in attack, but I think he's got a nouse about him that knows where to put himself at the right moments at the right time. And Vossi goes, he scored a hat, he scored three tries in two games in a moment storm. And that, what I hear from that, what I see from that, from when I've watched him score these tries, is he hasn't fucking, it hasn't been solo efforts. It wasn't like you and Aiken up against Greg Inglis that time when he fucking one-on-one them and just cleaned him up all ends, you know, bowled him all ends up, right? He just is scoring these tries because he has a high rugby league IQ. He is, he is, we have a name for these guys, Wiki. We call them, we call them footballers. Football players. Good footballers. footballers. He's a football player. Yeah. He's Speaking of footballers, football I'm going to have a chat about a footballer that we grew up with a little bit later on because I owe an apology. Not that I've ever said it to his face, um, but I owe an apology. Jason Clark. A little bit more on that a little bit later on. Um, but right. yeah, and so I I was shocked that when they made the loan play for him and he came down to the storm and they did the swap, I was shocked that he didn't play straight away. And then I was even more shocked to see Brinko Lee got the jump on, on him, considering they've just given away their reserve hooker, who is outstanding, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you think, well, if we're going to give away this guy, we want a guy that can at least play. We don't want to have another guy who's just got to just sit now on fucking on our bus. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So when he went Absolutely. there, I was actually thinking he was going to play. He didn't play. Then Brinko Lee gets the start on him, which for, I'm not bagging Brinko Lee by no means, but I never really thought he was any good. 
He played decent with the Storm. And it, when I saw him play for the Storm, I thought, this could be perfect for him. He doesn't need to be the big show, which he's always seemed like he had to be. I think that was his strength. It was his offense. He, he always was bigger than his opposition for a long period of his career. But once you get to first grade, you need more than that. And he hadn't really been able to cement his spot as a first grader. So I thought when he was going to Melbourne, a little bit like Blaise, uh, Chase Blair and Kurt Mann, he was just going to do his role. And because everyone else around him was going to do their role, he was going to be able to shine. But he got injured, unfortunately, for him. But fortunately for Paul Mimorowski, he's actually, you know, given him a chance to to play first grade. And I've, I've got a sneaking suspicion he's going to finish the season there if he doesn't get injured. Yeah, well, look, I think he... It looks like he's... I think he's given enough reasons to say, you've got to take this spot off me, you know? Um, and maybe that's... He was given it a little bit more time, you know, to, to get into the... The storm system as well, yeah, and true, bang, true. look, he's, capital, he's capitalized. He's capitalized. Yeah, well, he's always made the most of his opportunities. Well, look what he did for the Roosters in the, that preliminary final in 2017. Like, yeah, you know? was outstanding um, yeah, granted, in defence. Granted, we lost, but like, I know the, was it? Did, in the, did he play the game before as well? The preliminary final. He, we won that. In 2018, wasn't it? Yeah, against the, against the Bunnies. Yeah. No, yeah, no, he only game. played that game in the final series, but he also played a game during Origin for the against Gold Coast. Yeah. And he scored a yep, double. that's right. He scored a double in that game. Mm. Yeah, but that was a game where, even though we had a lot of Origin players out, I feel uh, it's this term that I heard during that, um, I think it was, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Steve Kerr who said it, and I, I think it was in that, that Michael Jordan documentary. What was it called? The Last Dance, that's it. The and it was a term dance. that I've been using a bit lately. It's called residual. So, you know, you're, we were, the Roosters were, were performing so well that even when they don't have all their players there, the, the vibe amongst the team, the, the mentality, the, the form just carries over. And it carries over from a, a season where you perform, like, like um, you know, Warriors in 2003. So, yeah, they made the yeah. preliminary final. So, they were obviously still really good. But you could argue sometimes the reason why teams perform well again the next season, even though the window's closing, it's just because it's it was open so wide that even though it's closing, yeah. it's still they're still better yeah. than a lot of other teams. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then look, they've still got an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And when you have class, and, and I've never really, it's never really been so um, so obvious to me until Tom brought it up about having a squad of experienced winners. Experienced winners. Now, ex- winners is just the, the cherry on top of the cream, really. Because if you look at the Cronulla Sharks, they didn't have a squad um, of experienced premiership players, but they had a squad of experienced winners. You know? Uh, yeah, okay. So their premiership players was Pryor, Maloney, and Lewis. They might have had one more other player, I'm not sure. But really, they were their three premiership players. Mm. But the rest of them had played enough first-grade matches 
to know what it was to win. Yeah, to know the processes they need to take to get to that level. Yeah, correct. Even and though Gallo- that's what those top three guys bring. They go, hey, we know we know what level we need to be at. Yeah. We've tasted that shit. Correct. Mick Ennis. And other guys. Yeah. Two grand finals prior to yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. Was it the Broncos? Yeah. Was that the Broncos when they made the grand final in 06? So, yeah. although he hadn't won a premiership, played enough football. Won Origin, played in Origin. Yeah, well, Paul Gallant holds the record for the most NRL losses. But on the other side of that, he still played a lot of games. Played like the third most games. Yeah. So, yeah, experienced winners. And then you look now at the Roosters, experience across the park. Melbourne Storm, experience across the park. Mm. Canberra Raiders, they're starting to build that, that get the winners winning. So there's a lot of experience. Now they're starting to creep up. I'd say, you know, Croker, he probably has a 50-50 record, let's be fair, throughout his career. Yeah. You know, at best, yeah. a 50-50 record. But, you know, because there's, there's, they're, they're growing as a squad around Croker's yeah. age, really, they're starting to become and uh, getting enough wins under their belt. And then you look at teams like the Bulldogs, the Titans, mm. and uh, obviously the Broncos, who are the talk of the town at the moment. Not enough experience. And yeah. it it's never been so obvious to me until it was put into our face. And I refer back, if you ever get a chance, people, to go sorry, and listen to that podcast because you get a good insight. You know, we can ramble on and we think we know a lot about football, but we're not gonna know as much as actual NRL players or ex NRL players in that instance. Um and yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but it just talks... It just... Be, well, they, you need the players... Like, you can have all the great young talent in the world, but in order to make... Like, that great young talent at this point is still potential. And in order for that potential to be reached, they need to be... They can't just get away on that athletic talent or their know-how of football because this is not under-20s anymore. This is first grade. And you need to have other guys or people in your group in, who are leaders who are going to show you how to be winners. And... That you just can't, you can't, you can learn, like you, you just can't learn it from experience because you haven't done it, yeah. you know, without sort of some of those guys. Yeah. And that's well, really, really hurt them at the moment. We've got another match in focus. We, we do have another match in focus. It is the Knights versus the Seagulls. But before we get on to that, I want to look at the Penrith Panthers because mm. they're a squad that is, that is on the rise. They're they're, they're coming. We've got and and I want to compare them to the Parramatta Eels, and I want to compare them to obviously the benchmark in the NRL, the Sydney Roosters. All right. So uh, we look at the Penrith Panthers, and we have players such as uh, Nathan Cleary, James Tamo, James Fisher Harris, Viliami Kikau. You know they've got a lot of. Yeah, Isaiah Yo. They've got a lot of youth. Now, I did mention James Tamo and there's Isaiah Yo. They've got a lot of youth. Do they have enough experience, in your opinion? Well, I think it seems to be within their squad, they have like, uh, they have the guys who are they're starting, to, they've played elements of it, but to go all the way, like, for them to go all the way this year, that'd be, you know, that'd be like a West Tigers kind of run. Yeah, true. Um, True. In, in a way like you know kind of had they weren't quite there yet and, you know bang and had a great year which is it's possible but definitely I won't say it's not possible the way when Nathan Cleary plays is 
is like a guy with a, who's got years of experience. Yeah, that's obviously what makes him so special. Um, but it's definitely a team that can grow with experience. You know, if you can imagine, like, say this team pushes through and they play in a preliminary final this year, or even a, even make a grand final and whatever else, whatever happens, they can continue to grow into that next year because you've got more guys from this team who are going to play representative football. Um, and you know, if they keep winning the way they keep winning, especially in these tough games at the end of games. You know, that's experience. That's learning. That's knowing how to win. You know, Nathan Cleary's a winner. He's been a winner his whole life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, um, I've, yeah, you're right. That's the best comparison is it's a, it's a West Tigers type of run if they do win it because they actually do have to get over the likes of the Roosters, obviously, the Melbourne Storm with tons and tons of experience, both those squads. But behind them, sitting right behind those two sides is Parramatta. And then I think behind Parramatta, it goes the Panthers and then the Raiders. So that's my five. So say the five again. From the so beginning. we've got the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm out in front the because Melbourne of the Storm, experience. Parramatta. Then Parramatta in behind them, right behind them. And then behind them, we've got the Panthers and then the Raiders. And yeah, I only Raiders, say yeah. then the Raiders because they're really struggling without John Bateman. I don't have the Raiders that high. Okay, fair enough. Where do you have... Well, who do you... Well, okay. Well, also, it is round eight. And round eight, Correct. we established, was going to be the Cavs game. So we will talk about our top eight and, and what's going to happen, uh, which teams are going to fall in, out, whatever the case may be. We will talk about that a little bit later on as well. But if you don't have the Raiders in at five, where do you have them? I would have those same four teams that you had. Um, look, it's funny. Like you, def- I would definitely have Manly in there if you have more assurance with um, Kerber because he's obviously injured at the moment. But to me, like I know who they are with Turbo and you know, granted everything goes right, he's back. You know, Manly are high above the Raiders, and I would have say Newcastle are above the Raiders right now. They beat them. They've played better than them. They've won more games than them, and they've been sort of better defensively and with attack as well in both in both areas. So yeah, but I would have to, do I would they have, have the Raiders experience? Both those teams. Do they have experienced winners? Enough experienced winners? I think they do. Okay. So, so, I, I, look, maybe not to maybe not enough to experienced winners to say, hey, um, you can talk with the guys above. Them. I think it'd be the same thing. It'd be the same thing. It'd be a West Tigers kind of run, like. Um, but I think they've shown the right elements. They have, you know, they've still got guys in there that won premierships. Aiden Guerra, Mitchell Pearce, like, you know, these guys have won. won Dave Kemmer's played a lot of rugby guys, league. Kurt Mann's played a lot, played of, a lot of rugby league. Origin, you know, you've got these guys. Pong has played an Origin series. I mean, nothing's going to face fucking Ponga, bro. Like, that comes just like he's surfing when he's out there playing footy. Like, Nothing phases him. Kind of like, Speaking of the Newcastle yeah. Knights and Kalen Ponga, we, we, we should get on to our second match in focus. Uh, cracker of a game last night. Always always those close matches always have you hanging on the edge of your seats. Um, what did you think of the game? Yeah, look, it was um, it was a great win for the Knights. You know? As, uh, obviously, they haven't had a lot of success against Manly um, in, in recent years. You know, in the last 10 years, really. Oh, yeah. Like, um, so it was. It was a really tight fall. Like they they held their own in the end. Manly would look unfortunately. I think we're just a bit poor as well. They they haven't really looked the same. Obviously without Turbo, and 
We remember they were played how they played last year uh, with with Turbo out, but there was they still had Api Corusel, Mahatanua. Uh, what's his name? How do I say his name? Which one? Fanu, Mafanu. Oh, uh, Manasi Fanu. 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 Yeah, Fanu. They had Fino and they had Curacao and they had Dylan Walker while there was no turbo at the back end there last year. And so there's just not enough in that spine there what they have here right now. So they haven't been able to create as many points, but they're shooting themselves in the foot. You know, they um, you've got a lot lucky there to get at the end as well. What did you think of that that last that last place? Well, I saw I saw a post on Facebook today, I think it was. I think it hit the nail on the head. I won't go into everything he said, but essentially the ref, Heath believed if the ref thought it was a penalty, he should have just called it love because he did think it was a penalty. Right. That's why he went to the video ref. I'm not going to blame the referee for the video ref's poor decision because the video ref, mm. I don't understand. Some people might think it's not. A lot of people think it was an obvious push in the back. Um, so I thought that was the poor decision from the video ref, but it could have all been saved if the ref just called it live. Honestly, I what I think they only looked at it once too. Yeah, you know, like they, it's like he wanted to go home. Call and they just went. They looked at it once and went, "Nah, that's it." And there's other ones where they sort of spent a lot of time in these key moments. Like this is the last dying moment of the match. Yeah, but nah, that was it. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have. Um, like the Tex Hoy part, Tex Hoy knew what he was doing, but he couldn't pull out. He's going 100 miles an hour to get across there. He's kicked it. Yeah. Well, I can't go anywhere. I can't just stop on a dime. I'm not Caleb Ponga, <laughs> but. I think the best shove in the back knew what he was doing. He knew that he needed to stop him from continuing on. He didn't think he was going to score the try. He just knew he had to stop him. So he pushed him. That's that. The big thing that I want to talk about is Fox Sports are the ones to blame for the hoorah. Right? Now, why do I say this? Is because we carried on about the Broncos high-fiving their mates, slapping them up, having a cuddle, having a laugh, having a giggle after one of their games. And then Adam Fanua Blake, in the moment, they want these superstars, they want these, you know, these warriors, these guys who spend 80 minutes or the front row, maybe 40 to 50, 60 minutes to put their lives on the line the, the emotion, they want this emotion, they want these, these um, gladiatorial efforts from these players. And then they watch on a replay, he gets shoved in the back, he has an outburst. Now, Ben Arkin said tonight on the 360 that that's a derogatory term and that type of people find that highly offensive. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. He copied and pasted a freaking insult. It wasn't personal. It was just an outburst. He sent him off because he's got a pouch. The game's over. So what are you sending him off for? To create a scene. And then Fox, of all people, saying, Oh, think of the children. Think of the children. He's a role model. Well, if he's such a role model, why are you telling us we have the audio? You need to watch this. Much watch television. And then they cry foul that he said it. Don't cry foul. Don't put the bloody thing on TV. 
No, but that's why they want to publish it, Dave, because it's crisis, it's outrage, and outrage is what sells newspapers to them, you know, and, and clicks. And, yeah, you're right. Look, they, you know, they, they, as soon as they heard that something was said, they were finding the audio as quick as possible and they want to release it. So, yes, I agree with that. You know, on the actual action, look, you can't, look, you just can't speak bad rep to refs. He's blowing up in the situation and kind of granted in some ways, like, because Emily... Uh, but he can't say that to, to a ref. But absolutely, Fox, it's all on you for the rest that comes out. But this is what they do. Like, look, look at all these stories come out. And they, like, look, look Josh Reynolds. You know, oh, Reynolds test positive. Driving while uh, under the influence of drugs. Yeah. Half a 40. It's be just, Don't it's, be right. It's just, just damned if you do, damned if you don't. They just expect them to, to be... You know, gladiators out there, and then in an instant turn it off, and then when they do turn it off, they get told off for it. You know what I mean? Isaac Lutz gets bagged for slapping up Sam Lasani. You know what they probably were thinking? Huh? You know, six months ago we were training together. Six months later, we're in two different clubs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? Who bloody knows? Who bloody knows? I don't know exactly. what Exactly. I don't know why they made such a big deal about it. Because we've seen it in a couple other losses. Players have seen each other. They've smiled. Like, and it's just like, oh, hey, man, you know, the game's over. I'm still fucking gutted if we yeah. lost. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. And now, now they're saying, like, oh, were they putting it on? You know, were they... Yeah, the crocodile tears. The crocodile tears. Like, what? What? This is too much. That's not enough. Like... Yeah, but it's it's literally like I said, it's about trying to create a crisis when they've they've spoken about the Broncos all bloody night when they should be talking about how good like they did talk about how good a game the Roosters, but why not break that game down? Why not talk about all the things that Brett Morris and Josh Morris did? They scored three tries behind between them in the game. They scored over three hundred tries together. They're over thirty, aren't they? 34, 33, 34 years old, and they're playing. They're they're playing good enough that if they were 28 years old, they would be playing Origin, and it wouldn't be a question. It's up in the air. They could play Origin. They that's, genuinely that's could play. Mate, they could be. They are the best center in the. They're in both the best in their position in um in the league right now. So well, you can definitely argue that. Sivo might have something to say about that. Look, I think Brett Morris is the best player in the competition. Like, <laughs> honestly, better than Gutho, King Gutho. <laughs> Bro, look like the postman, man. Always delivers, mate, King Gato. Mate, his, he is so good. The, so he was playing well. He was playing. Amy looked at him and goes, oh, look at his hair. How does he keep his hair like that? It's King Gato. What the king says happens. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I he's just on fire at the moment. It makes him look like he's out there in his dinner suit, you know, and that's just kind he's, of... He, he will play Origin. He's, probably if, the, he, he's if, the guy who could, who could do that. I if he's not injured, if he's not injured, he'll be definitely playing Origin injured, this year. If he's not injured, he has to be there. Yeah. Like, if he's, if he's playing like this. But look, Origin could weird this year because, it's, you know, it's going to be after um, after the... After the, the Mad Mondays. Which sort of... Which this is also makes me think that this will... This will be the only year that it'll happen like this. So they'll never want to go back to it. Yeah, yeah, true. Because, because all the Origin beat up will be through the finals. It's just overlapping. Yeah, but it could be like just ultimate and amazing, and it could be the game. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But King Gutter, yeah, look, just he's a guy. He can play anywhere. You could honestly you could put him anywhere in that back line, um, or on the bench, like anywhere. Yeah, and he okay. will not let you down. Now there was another talking point out of the Panthers and the Tigers game. There was a couple of talking points. 
uh, BJ Lalua and Ivan Cleary. Two talking points. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about BJ Lalua. Uh, never met the guy. Don't know him at all on a personal level. But, if I was Michael Maguire, I would never have signed him in the first place. And, and then if I did sign him, or he was signed to my club, I would never pick him ever again. He's not worth it. We saw we saw him in the grand final last year where he wants to be the hero. Mm-hmm. But you don't win premierships with heroes. Mm-hmm. Heroes are a sure byproduct. Heroes are a byproduct of winning championships, not the other way around. And that act that he did on Dylan Edwards. I I don't want it in my team. He talks about how Benji Marshall was... They've got to drop Benji Marshall. Well, if you've got to drop Benji Marshall because he's not working in defence, how are you going to pick the guy who, with two minutes to go in the game, we just watched the fucking Melbourne Storm and the Roosters win the game on the bell, and then they've still got time to win the game, and he's going off just to go, fuck, I've given up. Benji Marshall doesn't give up. This guy gives up. Not to mention... Not to mention, he gave away two penalties in the last like twenty minutes. When it, from when it was twelve all, that led to the try and the field goal. It's just, and he's always done this. It's always been. It hasn't. It he hasn't changed. Errors for dumb penalties. He hasn't changed. Still you know, the only thing that's there. changed is when he first came onto the scene. He used to be able to do ten to twenty minutes of brilliance, and then you might not see that again for a couple of a couple of weeks. The only thing that's changed is it's gone from 10, 20 minutes over a month to maybe 40 minutes over a month. He might be able to put together a half a footy. But he's just not worth it. I don't care. He's... he he. I, I honestly think if he didn't play the grand final, you wouldn't have noticed he wasn't there. Well, look at well, the, the, what are the main things that you notice him for? Not passing the ball. The, the non-pass of the ball and, the, and, the, and getting caught at marker from Kieran. The two big moments in the game were him. That yep. was oh, He was on the wrong side of those moments. Yeah. And then he just he's just unnecessary. Fucking Happy Coruscant goes over to say sorry and he wants to freaking like pretend like it's it's if he's like detached himself from the moment of a football game and then put himself into a situation as if they're in the street and his brother's just been bashed and he's trying to protect the, the guy that was an accident so there's no need to get angry you know obviously yeah. you don't want your brother and to be hurt like but he's a, standing there yeah. and gonna fucking change it yeah And it was even for, for a high tackle as well. It's just one of those ones he's falling. He's coming across to, to get... Like, Apicoros not a big guy. He can't put an actual high tackle on Luciano Leilua. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? put a high tackle on what, like, Luciano's not like, like that. <laughs> Luciano doesn't carry on like that. So it's just him. It's a him. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just unnecessary and he doesn't seem to learn. And yeah, you're right, you know? Like, put Benji in the centres. Like... He, he won't let you down out there. Ask for Paul Mimorowski back. Where the fuck did you let yeah, him go? Exactly right. Well, then yeah. they have to give Harry, back, Harry Grant back. Yeah, true, true. No, no, no. Keep Paul. 
isn't he spectacular? Well, like I, I, lo- I do love the storm responses. Like he's, you know, Harry Grant is doing great at the Tigers, and next year he'll be wearing purple. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of that, so he'll only be wearing purple next year if Cameron Smith doesn't play at the Storm next year. Now, um, it got me thinking. Maddie asked me. Maddie Chambers asked me. Uh, Matty Chambers is the original round 10 game. And uh, he asked me whether Smith would go to the Gold Coast title. So it got me thinking. If I was Smith, I'd only go there for part ownership. Now, I'm not sure if that would ever work on the salary cap or whatever. But I, I don't think that's that bad of an offer. They'll give him part ownership. That's, you know, what is it? Pioneering in rugby league. I don't even know if that's the right. It's the first it person, first player. To be part owner of the Titans. Yeah. Now you go, oh, why would he want to be part of the Titans? Well, let's be fair. Derek Jeter, David Beckham, they all go part owners, but they don't fucking own the Yankees, do they? You start no, off... No, but what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You start I, I off small. Mean, but, but let me finish. So he becomes a part owner. Okay, yeah, right now they're dweller, seller dwellers, right? Okay, fair enough. The moment that he walks into the door there, every young Queenslander around Queensland and north New South Wales will want to play for them. They've got Melbourne Inga. They've got Cameron Smith. He's now invested into the club now. It's not like he's there just for the paycheck. This is his asset. So he's going to want to churn things around. He's going to he's going to attract the right rugby league minds, you know. And we we just know that he has the best rugby league mind in the world that we've ever seen. You know, he wasn't that good at halfback. They their attack was a lot spicier when he moved to the nine. But that doesn't deter from the fact that he's still the smartest. Rugby league mind in the world, as we speak. And I just think that would be the only way that it'd go there. And I think both parties win. The Gold Coast become a better franchise. Mm. Cameron Smith ends up being a trailblazer. That's what it was. That's what it is. Becomes a trailblazer. Sonny Bill has been the trailblazer of rugby league and rugby union for the last 10, 15 years. But has he owned a has he owned a franchise? Imagine that loss for the Broncos if Cameron Smith was to come back to Queensland and not play for the Broncos. Play for the Gold Coast for the Titans. Well, that's what they got to get. And maybe, you know, they got that him and Mal. Mal has been through a lot there in Queensland. Exactly. And would you think they would be able to pass when it comes to uh, salary cap? Or they, they would have bought it. They wouldn't have it. Oh, no, they wouldn't. There's no way that they would be able to have that. Okay. That would have to be something. That would have to be a handshake agreement. Okay. But why, why, why can't he, why can't he buy a share of the titles? Yeah, maybe they could, you know. I'm sure they could work something out for, for, for Smitty, mate. If they were going to get him and do everything you can, you get all sorts of things happen post-footy and whatever else, so. It was all part of the part of the agreements and the handshakes, and you know, no worries. Bob's your uncle, mate. I mean, he has played. For, let's be honest. Cameron Smith has played for the Melbourne Storm his whole life, and we know that there was a big controversy with them, notwithstanding their great talents over twenty years. So 
I'm sure Smith is not not privy to some sketchy things happening if that need be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's proven, it's factual that he signed two contracts. That's factual. Mm-hmm. So that's not an allegation. That's straight up common knowledge amongst the rugby league fraternity. But anyway, that's a whole other story. I also think that they don't... If 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 a person was to own a, a franchise of a sporting franchise and was still able to play, why would they ever play for another team? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's allowed to be part owner of a franchise. Then they, you know, like they can't interfere with that. Surely, I'm surely they couldn't. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. They work it out. That's a chat. Sure they work something That's a chat point. for another day. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to. Oh, you can if you like. But uh, Ivan Cleary, thoughts on his little <laughs> kiss to yeah, the sure, time I'm sure in, you know, as, as in the right thing for him to do, he probably would say he might take it back, but it was fun. It was good theatre. What's the uh, take it back? Like, what, did he, what did he really do? What did he really do? His little kid. What is it? What, I don't understand why there would ever be any negativity around it. That's the age-old saying. Look at the scoreboard. Yeah, I think it's just more like a... It's just, they were trying to say classless. I think it's just more trying to drum up more drama. As more there drama. Is. But I guess partly a bit of history with the Tigers too. Like, yeah, who, you know, if you don't want to get on the bus and then he's the one that gets off the fucking bus and bails on him and goes to the Panthers. So there's a little bit of animosity there and... You know, you signed Russell Packer and you signed this guy and that guy and there, Josh Reynolds for 900000 or whatever they want to say. Like, um, But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's theatre. It creates rivalry. It's exciting. Yeah. Oh, I loved just, it. I loved it's it. It's one of and those damned if you do. At the end of the day, what did he do? It's damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And even the bloke come out and said, he goes, mate, I was fucking giving it to him. Yeah, so like, I'm surprised they could even hear yeah, I suppose they're pretty close. Like, you know, who knows? I, I, I couldn't tell. I've never been in the coach's box, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one day, one day, Kaz, we will make it. We will be here. Cool, yeah. Sitting next cool, to though, Robbo. You know, it was fun. Did you enjoy it with me? I thought it was hilarious. And then there was, like, people yeah, crying about it. it. And I couldn't understand. What did they want him to do? Like, if you bag someone for fucking 80 minutes, and they're still, like, it's not like he said, Oi, mate, mate. Look at the scoreboard. The guy would have been screaming at him. Like, the turn goes, yeah, well, yeah. look at the scoreboard. You know, and he wasn't... And when did he do it? When, and when did he do it as well? At the end of the... The game is over, we won. It's like, okay. He wasn't, blowing the, he wasn't blowing a kiss to the back of his head. You know what I mean? The guy would have been looking at him. Yeah. So they were yeah, having a conversation. Exactly right. Apparently, the guy's apologised. Oh, actually, I've just come up on my TV screen. Kyle Flanagan. Kyle fucking Flanagan. I haven't seen... One ounce of emotion from him. Even when he was at the Sharks, whilst he was here, he's won a World Club Challenge. I'm sure he was, you know, excited in the celebrations of that, I'm sure. But I haven't seen him show one bit of emotion. But when he, he walked over, he grabbed the ball, and I was thinking, oh, okay, I suppose, you know, you've got to you have that bravado. You want to look like you can play the role, and this is my job, so I'll yeah. take the kick. Whatever. The emotion that he showed after... Kicking the goal was a relief to know. I know this sounds so dumb because they play first grade, but it's just yeah. like you know that he it means to a lot to him now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Now you, you yeah. probably or it's it's a token. It's 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 a given that the, it means a lot to them. But to f- see it, it just makes it so refreshing, and, and it just it's like a relief yeah. to know that oh yeah, this guy cares. And of course they do. Like it's a dumb even assumption to think they don't. But it's just to to know. You know what I mean? I just thought it was so well, fucking. Well, I was it's proud great to, to see. see. It's just enthusiasm and excitement and that energy that they're sort of. Um, showing that pride, passion they have for their team and in that game and in that moment, like no one can imagine what that's like. But there we get to see a little picture of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I wouldn't be knocking him. I wouldn't be knocking if he kicks the goal and he, you know, all of them are trying to, you know, cheer him on and he's just going, nah, nah, yeah. nah. The game's not over. Get me back to my spot. We still got another however long. I wouldn't have knocked that either. But it was just to see that. I go, yes. He feels how I'm feeling right now, and I saw it. You know, he didn't He didn't show the discipline. He didn't put the poker face on, which they all do. They all do it. You know what I mean? It was just, um, yeah, I just felt like that's how I feel. Like When you're jumping up like that, that's what I'm doing right now. I think that's also, that was such a special game when you think yeah, about yeah. like, you know, when I, you know, I don't want to go back too much to what we were talking about earlier, but, you know, in that last 10 minutes of the game, you know, I was, I was comfortable Comfortable, comfortable. I don't know if you're comfortable. Like fuck, depressed and angry. Um, uh, what was that comfortable? You know, on this level, angry. And then we kicked that field goal. Excited, pumped again. Then the field goal, and then you just like, come on, let's do this. Almost there, and then shock, horror, sadness, crushing defeat. Like you know, and then just like, I was exhausted. Yeah, I was. I was tired after the game. Like. I didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Imagine the guys that played the game. Yeah, boy, Corner man, he didn't. He too many errors for for what he's renowned for. Um, I haven't known him to be an offloading type of guy. You know, yeah. was it? But yeah. he pushed the envelope a little bit. I even noticed in the like early on. I think uh, I'm not sure if it was Pappenhausen or someone put a little grubber through down the short side. And he didn't look like he wanted to get down and pick the ball up. Do you remember that? It could have even been Jerome Hughes. And I was like, oh, he yeah. looks a little bit wonky. He looks a little bit like uh, like yeah. he's carrying an injury in the leg sort of thing. That's just like, yeah. sometimes I, I've got, I don't have the best knees and I go to jiu-jitsu and I can't really uh, do some of the warm-up. They have these certain things. I can't really do the warm-up. And that's what it looked like. And I was like, oh, what? And it... It sort of rung through him for the rest of the game, really. And I'm not saying he yeah, was yeah. playing with an injury. It just looked like he wasn't there. He was, he was, bat, he was bad at old body. Yeah. Know, he's had a, you know, he plays, plays like such a warrior every time he plays. Like he's so courageous. And this, you know, ferocity, the way he runs the ball and hits in defense and everything is a million miles an hour. But he's always he's a bit banged up at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not the best, not the, the greatest outcome for himself. I think he had about four, four drop balls, unfortunately. But that yeah. play the ball, I don't, I don't understand how that's not a, why that's not a play the ball. Yeah, because sometimes it is, sometimes it because isn't. He, because he puts the ball down, and then he steps over it and touches the ball. The ball wobbled a little bit, but like, essentially, he did everything. You, and like, they don't even always touch the, the foot over the ball at the moment. So is it just about how you roll the ball? Like, is that what a play the ball is? Now you have to get the nice roll. Yeah, That's yeah. That's the most important thing. Like, because otherwise, like, he hits it, 
it hits his foot and it goes through the rock. Like, so anyway. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Not that's a 50 50 call. Th- those are the definition yeah, of 50 50. Exactly. That's what it is. It's right. how, how I thought. I do want to touch on Jason Clark before the end of this episode, but we've got two matches in focus next week. Yep, we've got uh, yep. the Raiders in the Storm. Raiders in the Storm, round two. Yep, what do you reckon? Is it is that in Canberra? Yes. Well, they're the home game. Are they allowed to play in Canberra? Yeah, they did last week. Yeah, 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 yeah they played in Canberra last week. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, Saturday night down in Canberra. Um, is that right, Saturday night? Yep, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, nice. It'll be all be cold down there. Oh, I, I think um, in, the... the, the... July. I stand by my theory about Ricky Stewart being able to get. He he plays at the level of his opposition, so he'll be able, They'll be up for it. They'll be up for it. I just don't know if they'll be up for it for eighty minutes. And when, as we saw last Thursday night, you don't play eighty minutes, you're not going to beat the Melbourne Storm. I think the Melbourne Storm will come out of that victory from the Roosters. They'll be buzzing. They'll know that they can. They 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 know that they can rock it with the best in the comp now. They know that they're there. All the I think Blake O'Connell had a bet on them to win the minor premiership. I was getting a little bit nervous about that bet for him, but I think now after that win, they're going to hit their stride and they're they're going to you know maintain this level for the rest of the competition. Personally, hit the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, you hit the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, they um, they the Melbourne Storm just do Melbourne Storm things, don't they? Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be too good to, to, um, this weekend as well. Raiders just haven't, they're not the same team, you know, um, that they're not in that eight run they were able to go on last year. Things aren't clicking for them, you know. Actually, you know, you know, like, you know, me, Wick, I like the, I like my stat attacks. Yep. And I've been looking over here the last 20 minutes of games um, since we've come back from the break. Yeah. Because that's really key what's, what, what's at the moment. Before you get on those stat attacks, before you get on the stat attack, just quickly, George Williams, I like him. He's been doing, well, but the thing that uh, he's really good at being able to do is get from one side of a defender to the other side. He has this skip. It's not a Caelan Ponga type of skip. It's a different skip. It's a, It feels a little bit quicker. So that's something that I want people to keep an eye out. It's kind of just his, it's that's his ability to just explode from the spot. Isn't the jink, it? yeah, it's like the jink, and he did it against yeah. Melbourne. And yeah. I saw, I've noticed it a few in a few games where he gets to the other side, and just that speed to be able to get to the next next defender creates the space outside him. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Stat attack. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say that in the last twenty minutes of these games this year, at the moment after six rounds, the Raiders um, are sitting in twelfth. In the last twenty minutes of games, they've, they've scored eighteen points and conceded thirty-three. Yeah, um, that puts them, you know, around what the Cowboys and the Titans and the Sharks, ironically, the Sharks, right, had a bit of a poor start to the year. And you know, buying that game against Parramatta, where they, um, they sort of, oh, this again, like they scored a couple tries in the last at the end to get close to a game they never deserved to win, and it's kind of just felt like that. They really haven't. We've seen six weeks now, and it's still—it's just not the the machines not rolling together. They, they're still pretty resilient in defence, but they just aren't offering enough consistency um, in their execution of everything. So yeah, and he find something. The Raiders—they've got to find something. Well, I just think John Bateman actually is the is the the missing link there, and it's it's yeah. the fact that it allows Tarpany to come back to the middle because uh, you know Soliola has gone. But Papali'i, you know, you look at the Roosters, you look at the Melbourne Storm, you look at the Parramatta Eels. 
It's not a one-man show. You know what I mean? The whole four-pack are firing. So Tapani isn't as good on the edge. He just isn't. He needs to be in the middle. He, he gives a bit more for Papali, takes a little bit of the, the load off to Papali. And John Bateman was the second row of the year last year. As much as, you know, there's been controversy about his contract, at the end of the day, he was an integral part of their campaign last year. And Matthew, he's missing. Matthew. Him missing. Matthew. And maybe, maybe you know, all the hoo-ha that I said about BJ Little, maybe they're missing the strike weapon out wide as well. But I, I think it's the big part of the, the big piece of their puzzle or the thing that helps the the machine function, I, I think it's John Bateman. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely, it was an extra spice they had to their team that, that they really are missing. And, you know, now they've lost um, Sia as well. Yeah. They're going to lose him for an extended period of time. They've already lost Hallsborough as well. So they've got, they've got to deal with some injuries and you've got to see where their depth is and it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough without those guys. They're not going to be there for the next, you know, couple of months. Really. Yeah. Like, the same Bateman could be out for another eight weeks. All right. Now, before we get on to the Knights and the Eels, who are, who are some, some teams that are performing well? So if they're 12th, who's at the top end? So the, so the, the top teams, um, and I'll focus on the top six teams. Uh, the, the Roosters, obviously, who we've seen blistering, with plus 48 in the last 20 minutes. Uh, Manly, Manly Seagulls. Plus thirty, uh, Parramatta of course plus twenty six, and the Storm plus twenty three. That's your top four. You know those teams are consistently uh, scoring more and conceding very little in those in that back end. Um, and then you've got Newcastle and the Panthers who are also at the back top. So those top six teams, to me, are like they really are the, the top six teams. That's how I see. Those yeah. are my top six, and Raiders are just below them at the moment. Of course, they can break into that. But we're not seeing it yet. Yeah. Yep. All right. And then the the second match in focus, we have, uh, well, I've got, I, we haven't actually spoken about it, but I take it it's the Knights versus the Eels. Yeah, it has to be, of course. Yeah. yeah Thoughts? No, no, the Newcastle Knights versus the Eels. No, it should be, yeah, no, should be, I'm excited for this game. You know, Parramatta, look, as we were talking about before, you know, King Gutter, no, nothing's stopping this machine. They're, they're showing their depth and talent in their team, but when they miss key guys, they can still turn up and hurt you in so many ways which yeah. is real what did you think of Jai Field's, Field's performance yeah he was great he just jumped in and played Jai Field he was yeah. just Jai Field out there which yeah. is great he's got blistering speed and on the back I think that look the way that forward pack is rolling through and the way they're defending you know it's so it's become so much easier for these young guys to come in and step into that team yeah, yeah. And, and again uh, Dylan Brown didn't uh Overplay his hand. He was he was he was like a he was like the halfback, probably because he's the the more senior more senior than Field. Exactly right. That's right. More senior than Jai Field, so he probably took on that role. Um, He didn't really he didn't need to do much. They don't actually need to do much. They just punch through the middle. They've got uh, Sevo and Ferguson helping with their forward pack, and their forwards are on fire. And then you can just fucking oh, they've got the offloads happening. Offloads. Yeah. Offloads had seven offloads in that last game on Friday night. Oh, okay. Seven. Yeah. And they they're all just like they 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 play on that vanity. They're buzzing. And they're really pushing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just a lot of energy, and they know they all energy. know their job. They all know their job, and they because they're all because they're a team. They're all sort of moving together. You know, when I've seen the Roosters be so consistent over these last 
um, Robinson era and the Storm through the Bellamy era is that you see the way they defend and they move, and it, it does. It kind of looks like a, a bird flapping in a way, like when they're moving in defence or in attack. When a guy goes, you see the support play. Yeah. You know that. You know, there's, where's, there's Gutho, Dylan Brown. Like, we have, how many cover tackles have we seen from Dylan Brown already this year? And like, he's coming from like he's not he's far away. He is quick. Yeah. Now that that game quick. that that game against uh, the Cowboys. Back in 2013, the Roosters beat them 50-0. Beat Parramatta 50-0. Yeah. And I, after that game, I had this feeling like, that's a premiership-winning performance. You obviously, early on in the season, we were very lucky that Melbourne Storm went out the back door in the finals. But that's what that performance against the Cowboys, they, they let them one try. They didn't take their foot off the throttle. Everything was clicking. We've seen them answer the question against the Roosters. They performed well against a turbo manly uh, manly team. Uh, they beat Canberra in a close one. Eventually, it ended up being a close one. Without with while losing players through the game. Through the game, and then to put on forty two points against an op- op- opposing team comfortably, where the wingers running in saying, "Why are we taking the penalty goal?" Like you know what I mean. He scored four tries. It just reminded me that if you're a Parramatta fan, you look at that, you're probably thinking, all right, we still got to get over the Roosters. We still got to get over Melbourne. But fuck, if the finals sort of fall our way. This, we, we, this, is, this could be our year. Absolutely. You know? Without a doubt, man. They got, got, they got this confidence and aura about them. They just feel there's so much trust they have within each other and they have so much belief within themselves that... They, you know, just playing their best footy. Yeah. And they're enjoying their like footy. They're enjoying their footy. Many, yeah, it's the simplest fucking thing in the world. Like, they just enjoyed their footy the most. But they, make, they are playing. I think, you would say, every guy in that team is playing the best footy that they've ever played in their career. Yeah. Ryan Madison? Yep. Right, Ryan Madison. Michael Jennings? Cool. Like, he's at that level. I will say, like, he's a guy who... He hasn't played better than this. He hasn't played better than this. Yeah, you can't say he's played better than this. Yeah, right. He's in that. He's in that ballpark. Yeah. Well, there you go. Because you've got that mix of new young guys coming up, reaching their new heights, and old guy. A couple of those experienced guys who are still staying in that or back in that zone of, you know, unbelievable talent. There. So it's all rising at the right time, and they've obviously built together for at least the core of the team has built together over these last few years. They've been through, had some make a prelim, get the wooden spoon. Contract problems, you know, deducting points. Did they like, make a prelim? I thought they went out the back door that year. Back door, sorry, they did. They went out the they back did. door. They, out, they did. They went out straight. To, I'm sorry, I should. I meant to say they finished top four. Yeah, they did finish they lost, top four. They, yeah, they went out. They lost. They went out straight set. But they finished top four, like you know, you had first time they've been back in the finals in a while, and then the next year they get the spoon. Yeah, and then. And then last year, like another resurgence, and there were, you know, there was some, some real positive signs. And obviously, they, they spanked the Broncos, um, but then got sort of, you know, touched up by the storm. So they've, they've now reached that new level now. Like they've been through a little bit over these last few years, and, you know, it could, they could be ready. Yeah. And they're fresh enough, and there's that heart, there's so much hunger in that team. You know, there's enough guys in there that have tasted a premiership, like Michael Jennings, for instance, and Ryan Madison, who have both won. So they've tasted it. They know what it takes to get there. You've got a guy in James who, what he won in 13. Now he's at the very back end of his year, a career. And it's like, man, I, 
we've got a chance to win another one. Yeah. And then you've got all these other guys who have never won one. It's like, this is what, obviously this is what we pay for. We, we feel how close we're there. Like we fucking want this. And now we believe we can win it. You know? Yeah. So, so if you if you that's think that's that they, they've got a they've got a you know buzzing uh, you know sort of energy going on there at Parramatta at the moment, do you think they they easy victory over the Knights? What do you what what's your prediction? I, I I definitely won't say easy victory. Look again, it'll, this will be um, one more test again after uh, obviously there's no Moses down. We saw what they did to the Cowboys, but uh, and granted the Cowboys actually beat the Knights. Um, but let's be honest, the Knights should be a tougher contest than the than the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, their defence is far better. The Knights have shown um, a real strength in the defence. The last 20 minutes of this uh, of my stat before, they've only considered 14 points in six games in the last 20 minutes. Well, so they've been that's been a big improvement for them. So that'll be well, that's that'll what make them a the, really exciting contest. That's what won them the game against Manly last night. Yeah, and that's what kept them. Uh, this is what kept them in the game against the Panthers. You know, earlier in the return, so I think it'll be a really close contest. But Knights need to be able to sort of they need to throw more at Parramatta than what they've been able to put together in the last few weeks. You know, yeah, yeah definitely. They've been really good and resilient in defence, but they've still been patchy in in what they can do. But I don't know. It's hard. You I can't, you can't really tip against the, the Parramatta Eels until they show you give you a reason not to. So yeah, I mean, true. while King Gutho's there, I think they can make up for them. and like it. King, the way Gutho's playing and the rest of that full pack's rolling, um, Josh Hill's just slots in, Dylan Brown's killing it. Like, you know, they can cover for without Moses at the moment. It's showing. Yeah. All right, so before I get on to my apology, uh, we're going to have to play the Kaz game. It's round eight. We've got the top eight at the moment. We've got the top eight, and it sits as... Sorry, I've got to bring it up. It sits so as... we Parramatta first. Parramatta, Penrith... Melbourne, Newcastle are the top four. Roosters, Raiders, Sharks, and Tigers round out the top eight. We've got South Sydney at nine, Manly at ten, and Cowboys and Warriors eleven and twelve. But here we go. I'm just looking at the scoreboard here. Manly at tenth, and they're the lowest ranked team with zero as their for and against. Every team below them has a negative, and every team above them has a positive. So, round eight Kaz game, proudly brought to us by Mac Building Group. Um, what's your thoughts on the top eight and who's coming in, who's going out? Yeah, look, it's it's definitely, yeah, as you said, just from that for and against, I think it shows you who, you know, the, at least the contending teams are. Um, I won't say for the title, but, you know, you could, still, you could make an argument for any of those teams, seven through ten. Seven through to ten are all on eight points. Um, look, Manly, look, we've seen they've been unlucky in the last couple of years, so I, you, that team has to be in the eight. You know, yep. uh, I don't think anyone would argue argue otherwise unless they just have more injury horror. So I would probably put Manly in for the Sharks. And at this stage, I think I would leave it there. Manly in for the Sharks. Yeah. I, I think the Tigers are a lot better than South Sydney. Now, I said... On a few weeks ago, that the ninth, be- the eighth best team is significantly better than the tenth, but the ninth best team. Tigers play the South Sydney this week, which is a special mention of a match and focus that almost got the run, but yeah. obviously those yeah. other teams are top four teams. Um, so I think the Tigers are better than South. So South won't make it. Tigers will. So it's Manly or Cronulla, and 
Cronulla have since they you know they had a few little losses. I think who did they lose? Did they had a loss that was significant recent? Was it? Oh, do I have to have a look? Uh, well, then they lost to the Dragons. The Dragons was it? The Dragons. They lost to the Dragons. Like they <sighs> beat the Cowboys. Lost to the Dragons. I mean, they lost to who? They lose three. Yeah, they lost to the Dragons, and then from there they've won three in a row. They beat the Bulldogs. They beat the Sea Eagles. Well, they beat Manly. And then they beat yep. the Titans, but yep. the Titans are easy beats. Um, yep. Yeah, well, I'm going to say Manly. I'm going to say Manly going to beat the Sharks because I love Tom Tavojevic. I love Des Hasler. And I love the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. So, yeah, I'm probably going to have to agree there. I'll throw something, you know, a curveball at you. Now, this is, you know, ironic when we think about the you know, the Ricky versus Wiki. Yeah. That I'm sort of throwing a, an argument towards you. But, all right. It's the Sharks. Look, it's going to be tough without Moylan, but if they can still, if they can keep playing the way they're playing, there's no reason they can't contend and put pressure on those other teams in, you know, around that six, seven mark. Now, the Raiders this week have the Roosters, and then they play the Storm. The Raiders have the Storm. That's right, they have the Storm, and then they play the Roosters next week. Yep. Um, and then and then they've got the Bunnies. I think they've got Parramatta coming up again, you know, a, a one or two weeks after that. They've got Penrith, Parramatta as well. So they've got a few tough games coming up. You know, if they they drop a few games and the Sharks keep winning, it does put pressure on that that bottom part of the eight. So it could be very interesting. But look, I think it might be a big call to say that we're putting the Raiders down at that point. I don't think the Raiders have Parramatta for a while. They've got the Panthers. Oh, maybe I, I might have... No, 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 it doesn't matter. It's a long way away. They don't even know where they're playing half these games. Bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah, but look, that's it. Yeah, that's what I would do. I think I would swap one out, you know. I but I do get what you're saying. Canberra, they're, they're the team that, the, the you know, they're under the Ricky Stewart regime where he's unable to maintain consistency for long periods. And what, I, what I'm saying, long periods, I'm talking about seasons. Um, he's made finals and then haven't made it for fucking years. And uh, also, as we just mentioned, they're missing guys. Like, they're missing yeah. guys that gave him that spark last year. And they've got extra injuries on top. So that's going to be tough against, you know, a big, um, top opponents. And if you do that, it means you're going to be winning 50-50. And that puts you on the bottom end of the eight, which gives you a chance to not make it. Yeah. No, you're right. Maybe, 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 maybe Manly come in for Canberra. It could happen, man. But like, again, Manly at the same time, man, they're missing. When they're the best missing player in the world. Dubojevic. They're missing Dylan Walker. And... They're missing Fainu. Yeah, he's a good you know, player. I know he's not. I know Fainu doesn't play. Uh, he hasn't not played at all this year. But they're missing him and Coruscant. Like that's the difference to last year. Yeah. They still had him and I and Walker came in, and this is going to be a lot for Manly. But they, yeah, they're still always in the end games at the end. So and there's he's got that magic. The magic dust. The twinkle, twinkle. The twinkle, anyway, twinkle. Jason Clark, I'll get on to. Uh, Jason Clark. So, what's to apologise? I haven't really necessarily said anything bad about Jason Clark, but I just wanted to say that apologies for not mentioning him in our episode with Tom. Now, just a little history: Jason Clark played his entire career in in NRL career anyway in the front row. That's where he played his entire career. But his whole entire junior career, up until I think maybe eighteen years old, he played halfback. That's what yeah. position he played. <laughs> so, halfback. Premiership winning halfback. Um, 
So I was playing front. I was playing front row, and he was playing half back when I played football with Jason. <laughs> exactly right. So, <laughs> but, but it just it brings me back to, uh, you know, Tom. Could he have played in the in the thirteen? I Jason Clark still plays. Yeah, and and it makes me think he had an, a stellar career over one hundred and fifty NRL games, a premiership. South Sydney's first premiership in over forty years. Yeah. One of the best one of the best careers South Sydney players have ever had. And as a complete and a South Sydney junior to um to go as well. To go with it. Your, your, your whole career and now you get to win their premiership. Yeah. Now I think who I need to apologize to some of his mates, more so than Clarky specifically. Yeah. Uh, apologies for Ben Dunn. Apologies to Matt Kelso. Apologies to Michael Holton. Now, I'm sure there's others out there, but I've only really had this chat with them. They used to say that he's not used correctly. He's not playing the right way. He's got a bit more to offer. And because I was conditioned under this world of having three front rowers, although I did love a ball player, um, I was conditioned that you need to have these three front rowers. So I used to probably push back onto some of the things that they'd say about him and... You know, maybe I used to think it was a little bit of bias there. Maybe because I thought, because um, Tom wasn't playing that ball playing lock. Well, if he can't do it, then then Clarky can't do it. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah. the reality of it is, if we look at a player like Victor Radley, who's a hard hitting, ball playing back rower, how the fuck doesn't that describe what Jason Clark could do? Absolutely. Absolutely. A hard-hitting, ball-playing back rower is exactly well, what know, it is. Well, I think this is what it is when you take yourself back to, you know, uh, that period while he was playing there in the middle for South Sydney, is at that point, we only seem to in our minds be comfortable with, like, a ball-playing back rower like Wade Graham or Brayson Nasser playing on the edge. And it's like, oh, he can have a bit of, you know, a bit in his game there on the edge, that's fine. But in the middle, no, 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 that's three front rows. That's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't allow that. We couldn't allow that. Yeah. But it forced its way in. It forced its way in because of who Victor Radley had as his coach. And that brings me back. Now, Madge, he goes to South Sydney. He gives them their first premiership in over 40 years. So you can't say he did the wrong thing. But what you can say is he may not have gotten the best out of specifically Jason Clark. Yeah. In the sense that he's come, I feel that Maguire's not an innovator. Mm. He's a cookie cutter. You know? Yeah. Doesn't mean he ain't good at his job. Just because you copy someone and do it better doesn't mean he ain't good at your job. Yeah. But innovators are the coaches that, you know, trailblazers. Robinson's an innovator. Bellamy's an innovator. And when I say Robinson's an innovator, he may not necessarily be an innovator. Just the way that he goes about his idea of sport or his idea of rugby league is allowing players to max out at what they're good at doing. Whereas I feel like the way that Madge coached South Sydney was, there's a peg and I'm going to shove you through it. Not, oh, that's not your right hole. I'm going to put you through this hole. He goes, I need you to get through and I'm going to do whatever it takes to shove you through it. And Clarkie being the person that he is, not the footy player, 
not the footy player, the person that he is, just does what he's told. Team man, I'll do what's always. Best for the team, whatever you need me to do. And you know, you need me to do. You know I'll that's been it. from day dot. Blake tells me the story. Now this is going way back. That they made the Sydney East team in there in year six. He goes, you know, he played fullback. And then it got me thinking. This is how skillful he is. I'd like to be. I'd like to be known if I'm wrong. And if anyone knows this, whether it's right or wrong, tell me. But I'm willing to put this on the record. He made every rep team that was in front of him other than Australian schoolboys. Every rep team. And if there was a team that I missed, that he missed, let me know. So then for him, you know, he killed it in the 20s. He killed it in SG Ball. He like, now they're different. They're different. Levels, so granted. Always been part but of your skills, he's always had the skills. Yeah. Why take that off him? The skills are what made him who he was and who he was and what made him good. Yeah, what made him always effective. Effective, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so there, yeah, there's my he, apology. There's my apology. I think that's, I think that's made up for that try, that grand final try that he didn't lay on for me, which I was pretty much... It was on a plateau. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Anyway... Um, anything else you want to chat about? I think I think we've gotten through a lot tonight. Yeah, look, uh, no, that's I'm good, mate. I'm excited for another week of footy, really, uh, aren't we? Yeah, always. Uh, we got a video, video UFC this weekend as well. We got the Volk, Volk and Holloway. Oh, beautiful, baby, baby. It's yeah, so Sunday that means that up. yeah, there's the Usman plot fighting. Yeah, Usman versus Mazida. He's not fighting Holloway, he's fighting Yarn. No, 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 no. Volkanovski is fighting Matt Holloway. Oh, someone yeah, else Yarn is fighting Yarn. Jose Aldo. Oh, Jose, Jose Aldo. Aldo. But he's from Tiger, he's Muay Thai fighter. fighter. Yeah, yeah, sorry, he's sorry. Jose Apologies. Aldo. It's a street title fight. Street title fight for the weekend. Oh, what? Jose Aldo's fighting for a title? Yeah, yeah, the one that Henry Sudo vacated, Phantom Weight title. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, tune in, mate. We got the bantamweight, the featherweight, and the, the welterweight title. Yeah. Also, if you guys are still listening, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook. Like, share, follow, comment, bag us, do whatever. But just get behind us. Anyway, thanks. Peace Two out. Two in the tackle. Two in the tackle. Up the chooks. Baka! Baka! I like the music that you use. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Sweet. Uh, the Free royalties. Anyway, peace. <laughs> that was a good one. That, that went longer than an hour, but it was still bloody yeah, bloody good. value. <laughs>